Welcome to episode 67 of the NeverEnding Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and well, week one is in the books, and while I had a blast watching Red Zone on the couch from uh, one to eight, uh, because my Patriots got their doors blown off by Jerry's boy, Kareem Hunt, and the Chiefs on Thursday night, it was a rough day for some star players as David Johnson and Alan Robinson went down with injuries, but players like Tariq Cohen and Kelly Go- Kenny Galladay were able to step up and give you a good reason to seek their names out on the waiver wire this week. And tonight, Jerry and Mark join me, and we will get into all the Week 1 action and get you ready for Week 2 in a bit. But first, gentlemen, I think we have to talk about the legend that is Sergio Dip from Monday Night Football. Unbelievable. Unbelievable entrance. Unbelievable um, just just 30-second sideline report during the, the Broncos-Chargers game last night. Sergio Dip made the boom goes the dynamite guy blush. It was fantastic. Jerry, I know that you have some thoughts on him and he, you were uh, wildly amused by his, his sideline reporting last night. I think it was the first time we saw live on television, a guy realized he just became a meme uh, 15 <laughs> seconds into his, his first appearance. It was fantastic. I loved it. He was living the dream as <laughs> Sergio would having say. the time of his life. That's right. That was it. That was it. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen the clip from Sergio last night talking about Vance Joseph, the head coach for the Denver Broncos, check out our Twitter page at Glory Podcast. I retweeted it out, um, made some comments on it, and it was well received throughout the masses on Twitter land. You can find us on Facebook at the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Like us. Uh, share with all your friends, tell your family, and uh, go to the Apple Store and be sure to subscribe on all the extra iPhones out there to, to boost up those numbers. We're trying to get that good Buckeye Vodka money for the 2017 fantasy season. But hey, gentlemen, Luke, while you're at it, what's can up? Just get, can we get the uh, Sergio video, the apology video added to that as well? Oh, the apology video. It wasn't even an apology. It was just him talking about 9-11 and how My it impacted My skin him. was cringing with <laughs> awkwardness. <laughs> like it started off as an apology and you thought that he was going to go what? into like, you know, uh, this is why you shouldn't have made fun of me on the day of national remembrance. And then he just kind of, kind of kept on talking about nine 11 a little bit and how he was a kid and looking down and it looking down. Listen, Hey, Sergio, you must be one hell of a Mex- uh, uh, Spanish-speaking Mexican because you are a terrible English speaker. <laughs> ESPN set a new bar. It's very high. I need that awkwardness now. And if you're going <laughs> to fire all these other guys that are good reporters and you're going to hire that, what is going on? Sergio Dip. Yeah, somewhere him and Ken Boner sharing a, uh, a glass of Chardonnay or something as the 15 minutes of Twitter fame. But, uh, gentlemen, week one of the fantasy season is in the books, and in the league from the Ville, Jerry Burris is on top of the standings for the first time in forever. Ever. 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 Unbelievable. How does it feel? Uh, it feels like I have been should have been here for, I don't know, every every season we've been a part of this. Finally, I'm getting my due. And, of course, the universe said, wait, wait, wait. You can't have all that success. You're not allowed. Your number one draft pick, David Johnson, and he's going to be put on the IR right now. So I'd like to thank uh, whoever you pray to for that happening to me. And uh, I Matthew Berry. Matthew really – Oh, we prayed to Matthew Berry. You're right. Um, I'm really at a loss right now. i got to rethink my strategy. But all I know is it was – I shared a lot of really over-the-top <laughs> – um, <laughs> confidence to uh, you guys this weekend. Yeah, simply for those who don't know For those who don't know, uh, Jerry's Jerry's team name has been Rick Rude for the past uh, probably five ravishing. seasons. Simply, simply ravishing. ravishing. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, for the past five years, and that is an homage to the late great Rick Rude, who was uh, the definition of a lady killer um, back in the day. But um, you know that's a tough loss. David Johnson out until about Christmas time. Bruce Arian said on the IR. Pretty much done for the fantasy season. But the good news is the reason why you were able to get the top scoring week, um, the number one spot after week one, is because of the biggest point pounder from week one, and that's Kareem Hunt, who finished with 148 yards rushing with a touchdown and another five receptions for 95 yards and two touchdowns. As he looked, he made the Patriots look like just a JV team. It was a very tough game for me to watch as a Patriots fan. I am not used to this. haven't seen bad football like this since like 1993. Um, so, rough week, but Kareem Hunt looks like a star. Uh, Jerry Mark, 
is he actually a star or did he just catch the Patriots now? Well, let me jump in real quick. As, as much as I want to, you know, put him up on a pedestal here, I think what needs to be celebrated is the plan that Kansas City came in with against the Patriots. I think that the, the story is, as it goes is, you know, the Patriots will take away the best thing that you do. Um, and make you play left-handed, and they couldn't really do that because they weren't really sure who was going to be getting the ball. They spread the ball out a lot. It just seemed like Kareem Hunt was the one that was finishing drives and you know, scoring two, two receiving touchdowns um, when we weren't really sure how much of the part of the passing game he was going to be in. So I think kudos to the coaching staff and, uh, and their game. And even after a, fumbled, after a fumble, yeah, too, and a first, carry, first touch. Back in. First Fellas. touch. Fellas, when you got one of the fastest human beings in the NFL on your team, He's literally taking the top off their defense. Okay. Yeah, but he's lined them up a lot in the in the slot and they um, did everything with in him. the backfield. And all these this this goes to show all our followers and listeners, okay, that all of these people that talk about preseason football and say if you look at the reports, Tyreek Hill was having a terrible preseason. Okay, good report because he just finished the sixth straight regular season game with a frickin' 60-yard touchdown or more. The guy is explosive. He's the number one guy you have to prepare for in that offense, and he literally opens it up for everyone else. It's that right. simple. Yeah, and the Patriots long struggle to to keep up with that athletic receiver, the athletic player, the, the super-fast guy, and especially when Hightower went out. So that led to you know Alex Smith having a huge week, the best the best game of his career, 368 yards, four touchdowns, leading scorer in fantasy last week, number one quarterback. And it was a big week for, for the number one picks. Matthew Stafford, newly signed contract, who we were dogging on last week during the Pick'em episode, 292 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Sam Bradford looked fantastic against New Orleans, which isn't really saying much because New Orleans' defense is just god-awful. 346 yards, three touchdowns. And so while we know that Sam, uh, that Matthew Stafford can put up points, can Alex Smith and Sam Bradford continue to do this, or are they just a fluke flash in the, play, in the pan, guys? I think Alex Smith might not be getting these, this amount of touchdowns per week, but that offense is explosive. Mark was spot on. You know, there's going to be opportunities for deep passes down the middle, um, taking the top off, and then you know the dink and dunk stuff underneath. I mean, Travis Kelsey is still a scary target for him. And all they did was just the shovel passes to Travis Kelsey. He was night, he so. basically was the guy that that the Patriots were focusing on, um, and they used him as a decoy. It was it was pretty brilliant. Yeah, Mark Sam Bradford broke the record last year for completion percentage. Last night had five incompletions, and three of them were drops. Adam Thielen looks like the real deal. Stephon Diggs is fantastic. It, now that he's moved on to the outside. Kyle Rudolph is a, is a great option at tight end. And Dalvin Cook seems like he's going to be a pretty solid running back as well. Uh, is Sam Bradford an option in fantasy football week to week? Or is he just, you know, a, a back-end QB2 that really, you know, if you can trade him for some value, you do it now? Luke, what did the Vikings start out last season? 6-0. Okay. That, that team's built to win games at the beginning of the season. Sam Bradford's eggshells. Dalvin Cook hasn't played an NFL season yet. Stephon Diggs isn't physical enough to get through and consistently push, push, push. And I'm, ta- I'm talking about him taking an elite-level step. Um, I see those guys producing at the beginning of the year, which will help some of you fantasy owners at the very beginning maybe get to your 4-2 and two record. But those aren't guys that are going to win you games in the playoffs when you need to win a championship. Those guys are just egg crates. They're eggshells. They're just too soft for me. I, I, I think I disagree with Adam Thielen. Last last year he had like 200 yards and two touchdowns in Week 16 and won a lot of fantasy championships. However, I do agree yeah, but, with Stephon. T- last year he wasn't consistent enough to even even – have you thinking about playing him in that position? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You take that one game out, and his numbers are highly, highly skewed. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't believe in Sam Bradford by any means. I, we've seen him for the past what five years just be nothing more than a mediocre fantasy quarterback. Exactly. So let's so, let's see him get hit, Luke. Let's right. see him get yeah. hit. Because yeah. once that dude gets hit, he ain't he ain't throwing he ain't delivering what he needs sure. to deliver anymore. So the next two point pounders, uh, the wide receiver and tight end, both come from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown, 11 catches for 182 yards, continues to be just the efficient stud week in, week out. Uh, and Jesse James, six catches, 41 yards, and two touchdowns. Everybody thought Vance McDonald would come in and, and be a solid contributor week one, but it, it looks like it's Jesse James's job right now. We know what Antonio Brown does. 
We know what to expect from him. Make sure you put him in your DraftKings lineup, FanDuel lineup every single week because he's worth that premium dollar. But, Jerry, is Jesse James a guy that you can plug in your starting lineup in fantasy each week? You know, I was at the game on Sunday, um, and we had probably the best seats we've ever had. We were pretty low, and it, it was kind of amazing to see the size difference of the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line and tight ends versus the defense of the Browns. And like when you, I saw Jesse James and Antonio Brown face to face going over some sort of adjustment that he was trying that Brown was trying to tell him. And I'm like, this guy is a freaking monster. How do you miss Who is? Jesse James. He's huge. He's absolutely huge. He's the perfect target for Ben Roethlisberger. And you saw what was happening. I thought Jesse James was small, like 245. 250 small. I don't care how I don't care how thick he is. The guy's six nine. Like throw the ball up to him. He's gonna bring Jesse it down. James ain't six nine. He's, he's huge. He's absolutely a monster. What are you? Are you on drugs this Tuesday no, night? Absolutely not. <laughs> what are time stand out. by? Dude, stand the, by. The left tackle that went to Army. That he's six ten. That they kicked out. six ten. Yes, and Let they are huge. On I'm clicking in. Jesse okay, James, six Jesse seven. James is six seven, two hundred and sixty one. Thank pounds. you, monster. It's a monster. T- so he's as big as Carl Nassib. Well, of course, he looks big standing next to Antonio Brown, though. <laughs> Carl Nassib's huge. You don't. But anyway, Jesse James is a legit tight end target for them. Um, totally replacing the Heath Miller role. I think he. It's his job to lose, and I don't see how Vance McDonald takes it. Heath Miller was always always <sighs> a, a tight end too. So I'm not saying that. I don't think that. <sighs> that that Jesse James is going to be a weekly starter for you, but I do think that he could be a bi week fill in. Um, you know, he, he's outside the top 12 tight ends for sure. But, Jerry, special shout out to your squad, your D. You called this 12 months ago. Granted, wasn't this year, 12 <laughs> months ago. The Jags defense, 10 sacks, four turnovers, and a touchdown versus the indomitable <laughs> Scott Tolzien. Pinning their ears back. Hey, just run, just run a victory. Wait, wait, wait. The Jags D or the Rams D? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Jags, this is against Houston. Against Houston yeah, they and went against Tom Savage. The Savage. My bad. Yeah. And, and I got absolutely dominated by the Jags D uh, to the tune of like 32 lost points. A, lost a team. chunk of money on that game. Yeah. That was rough. That was rough. So take a lap tonight, Jerry. Not only are you first in our league, but the Jags D, baby. They're back. Well, ba- you have to be somewhere before you're back. <laughs> but um, I thought he gave up on him. I gave up on the Jags. I gave up on the Jags. I'm not a Jags believer this year. (laughs) (laughs) So those are our point pounders this week. We are going to talk about our week two point pounders when we get into uh, the week two analysis. But now we can move on to the biggest disappointments at the position. Mark, I want you to give me a patented Mark Zustin. This guy sucks. Wow. I mean, listen. Week one went to the turd burglars. Anyone that had a terrible draft, you probably won week one because it was an outlier week all day. You're talking Alex Smith had a good week. Jared Goff had a good week. A couple others, poo-poo platter quarterbacks, had very good weeks. And then other players like the David Johnsons, Le'Veon Bell, the late scratch of uh, of the cancellation of the game with Mike Evans and anyone, Jay Ajayi. Uh, this is just a crazy week. Don't overreact. Don't spend waiver money if you're in a budget league. Stay true to what got you there and get it done. Yeah, early on, early picks, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski against the Chiefs were terrible. They didn't terrible. do much of anything. Terrible. Uh, you know, granted, the interesting thing, though, is Brady should have had at least one touchdown to Brandon Cooks. There's a P.I. in the end zone that Gillisley ended up getting a one-yard run. So his night could have been a little bit better. But I'll tell you what, the Chiefs looked really, really good on defense. But the the, the worst player in week one was... Jason Farkas's favorite player, Andy Dalton, who had 68 oh yards gosh. passing and four oh interceptions gosh. against the Ravens. Dreaded negative oh points. Gosh. Good friend of the program at Nick and Akron. Started Andy Dalton this week. Uh, 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 scored the least amount of points probably in league history. Uh, uh, and, uh, boy, the, the, the Bengals, it looks like 
Their offensive line is speaking of poo poo platter. That offensive line. We all sucks. said that. We all said that. We, we knew that was going to happen. We did. Listen, so. the best bet in Vegas was the Steelers to was the Steelers to win the AFC North at a minus one seventy clip. People, you could one seventy to win a hundred for the Steelers to win the AFC North. That that team's winning the AFC North. The, the Bengals are terrible, and the Ravens are decimated by injuries. Yep. Yep. Mark, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell uh, and his blunt brother, Martavis Bryant, struggled as well his first game back in a year. Jerry, is this a product? You were at the game. Is this a product of game flow? Is this a product of shaking off some rust for both players? Because obviously Le'Veon Bell missed all of preseason holding out and Martavis Bryant missed all of last season in suspension. Well, I think we'll see a bounce back from Bell, but are we going to see a bounce back from Martavis? I think you will. Um I think the the knock on week one against Martavis Bryant had more to do with the scheme that the that Cleveland's defense was playing. Um, yeah, he was meant to be more the downfield guy, and you I mean you saw it. Brown did everything he, he could to get open across the middle. A lot of drags, a lot of whip routes, getting the ball out quick to him. Martavis Bryant, that's not his game. He's more of the downfield threat. You know, maybe some more of the intermediate routes, but um, I expect him to get his his catches and his targets. I think the Browns really were taking away the deep threat and then trying to really stop Le'Veon Bell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've seen a lot of seven and yeah. eight man boxes. And yeah. then that, that, I mean, there were times I saw uh, Peppers playing 25 yards deep. Um, yeah. Pretty amazing how he was covering ground. But I, I expect both of them to bounce back, especially Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Mark, it see, sounds I like you have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see Martavius Bryant working out for most owners. And, and the reason why is pretty simple. I look at flow of the game for a lot of these players. Like the one the one thing that I don't like when I grab an Aaron Rodgers is if he doesn't get one of the first two touchdowns against the Bears, they're going to be up by four touchdowns in the second half, and they're not going to pass the ball that much, and the flow of the game is not going to help them out. And I think with the division in the AFC North, I don't think Martavius Bryant, the flow of the game is going to allow him because anytime the ball needs to go somewhere in the clutch, Marta- uh, Antonio Brown's getting it without question. He deserves it. And then Le'Veon Bell wasn't even really influenced by anything in that game. He wasn't doing anything. So once he gets involved, how is Martavius Bryant getting more out of that? The Browns' defense is solid. And and another thing is Martavius Bryant wasn't getting open very much. And when he was, he wasn't finishing what he needed to finish. Bodie Calhoun took it to him a little bit. So with that whole thing, I'm having trouble me seeing where the positive is for Martavius Bryant looking forward. Are they going to get in, like, shootouts? Because if they get in a shootout, maybe that'll be all right. But the AFC North's not a shootout division. No, I think that they will. Uh, you know, we saw two years ago when the, the totally Steelers defense. Two years ago. No, they, but they they, were totally, they, that team two years ago was so bad defensively, so bad. To, they were so bad defensively, they had to get James Harrison to come back. Mm-hmm. Well, James Harrison's still on the team. Granted, he's back of T.J. Watt, but yeah, I see. I, see, I know what you're saying. I, I just think that Martavis Bryant's too much of a talent to not get involved. Uh, you know, he, he's a boomer bust guy, much like Deshaun Jackson was in you know in his prime. Yes, that's you're it. gonna have you're, you're gonna have three catches, catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're not gonna have the the ten catches for 110 yards and, and a you touchdown. Like starting those guys in fantasy league? I don't. I don't. I, I, actually, I don't, Maybe. but if you look at Martavis Bryant two years ago, he was a top 12 receiver in points per game. So sometimes you just have to take the good with the bad. And if you can, if he can win you a few weeks, sometimes it's better than, you know, as long as he's your wide receiver three, if he's your wide receiver one or two, you're in a lot of trouble. But if yes. he's your third wide receiver and you have a guy like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, somebody who's going to get you consistent points, then you can kind of hide a guy like Martavis and then and then when he has those big games obviously benefit from it. As long as um, you don't have Jamison Crowder on your squad po- putting up poo poo platters. Struggled right. big time, well, yes. <laughs> uh, two more two more receivers that had poo poo platter games, Julio Jones, you know, that struggle that was a weird game for them. Picked, you know, top five overall in a lot of drafts and just really struggled. I think only had about four catches. But Kelvin Benjamin, uh, along with most of the Panthers What's up with him? I don't know, but Jerry's got some thoughts on him. Good. I want to hear this. On Kelvin Benjamin, he's not the same guy that he was. I mean, he's only targeted five times. Um, he had 3.5 points, and that was in PPR leagues. It's his, it's his fourth lowest output he's ever had in, in uh, his games. 
I, do I think he's going to bounce back? Yeah, but I think there's a lot more touches for these rookies that are me coming this way. Um, I, I just don't see the production where we saw him as a true wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That is that is fair, and it's uh, you know Kelvin Benjamin came of garbage time touchdowns two years ago when he had that big season or uh, three years ago his rookie season when he had that big season two years ago towards ACL last year he was he was okay. They so, might be Buffalo by thirty Sunday, guys. So we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll have this talk. I feel like next right. week is. And then yeah. finally, for for this guy sucks, uh, Jimmy Graham at tight end, oh. two catches for about eight yards. I think it, it was just ugly. The, the Seahawks really struggled against Green Bay. Green Bay played great defense. That was a fun game to watch. Um, I think he'll bounce back. I mean, he's the oh. that offense. You think you think Jimmy Graham's done? I think he's still a solid player. Look, the guy's been done for two years. What, what happened to this guy when he went to Seattle? Okay. I'm watching Kobe Fleener make plays over the middle for the Saints in week one, and, and Jimmy Graham's dropping balls. I'm about done with the guy. I think he's a chump. I think he's a pipe dream. The guy's all shell. I'm about done with him. I mean, he obviously tore his patella tendon two years ago and then came back last year. But if you look at the second half of the season, I mean, once he was Jerry, fully healthy, he was pretty good. Let's get an outsider's I, take. An outsider's? Okay. <laughs> You're as involved with the uh, the Seattle's offense as I am. I think he's just kind of on the uh, the sunset of his career. Um, yeah. He was a freak for a long time in, in down in New Orleans, and now we're kind of seeing you know the the backslide of his career. How old is he? He's got to be close. I think to he's the, uh, early he's 30s, thirty. He's gonna be thirty. He'll be thirty-one this year. Thirty-one. I mean November. I mean the expiration date. The expiration date's Jerry. there. Jared, do you think they're trying to get him? Do you think they get him the ball in the flow of the offense, or do you think they're like, "Oh crap, we got to try to get a play for Jimmy here"? I don't. How think, do you think he works into their offense? I don't think. I don't think anybody in in Seattle is like one hundred percent the guy that they have to get the ball to. Like uh, you would see down in like Dallas with with um, um, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, yeah, and in, in getting touches to. to um, to Zeke, it's not the same kind of offense. It's basically everything goes through the quarterback and and in play action. I I don't. It's not the way they force feed down the the field to him like they did in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I'm still a believer in Jimmy Graham, but I can de- I definitely agree that we're we're seeing the end of of probably his dominance. Um, but you know, and speaking of injuries, a guy who was injured last year, Jimmy Graham. We're going to go into this week's injuries, and that's the big one. David Johnson, your number one pick. Jerry, a lot of number one picks in the <laughs> fantasy world. Um, wrist surgery. Cut this, cut this guy a break. On the IR, uh, out for a while. He might come back for the playoffs if Arizona even makes the playoffs. But he is now going to be replaced by Kerwin Williams, uh, the number two running back. I think he's a third-year player, former seventh-round <laughs> Mark, pick. kill the phone, bro. <laughs> Andre Ellington, who outsnapped Kerwin Williams once David Johnson was out. The Cardinals just re-signed Chris Johnson, former friend of the team, and they brought in DJ Foster off the Patriots pack practice squad, who was a talented pass catcher, can play running back or wide receiver. I don't know what to make of this situation. I'm not high on Kerwin Williams. I see every all the experts out there saying, go get Kerwin Williams, get him now. But he's Kerwin Williams. He was a seventh-round yeah. pick. He's a not certain very league good. member has already reached out to me with some uh, some trade offers for a certain Kerwin Williams. And uh, <laughs> I said, I've got some waiver wire pickup options out there I'm going to explore. Are you further. kidding me? He's already on you about trading for him? Oh, yeah. I got a text message Monday um, as I was walking in my car. And I said, I'm gonna put is that. that one, I'm gonna put that one on the back burner. Is it somebody with a uh, a, um, a bright orange phone case? Let's just say it's somebody have- who has a, a pretty seminal portrait located at a at a Z's house that was that may or may not have been covered in cake icing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, him? <laughs> He's calling you? Oh God. All right. You don't well, even have a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kerwin Williams is available ninety-five percent of Yahoo leagues. He is a hot waiver wire name. I mean, Mark, are you spending any of your waiver wire dollars on him this this week, or are you just hoping he somehow slips through the cracks and maybe pick him up as a speculative ad? There's no way I'm spending any money on Kerwin Williams. They just re-signed Chris Johnson. That that team's going downhill. Hopefully, you just don't have Carson Palmer. That, that team's just going in the wrong – without David Johnson, you just don't want that team. It's sad because I kind of like their style of team, but 
sorry, it's over for them. Yeah, freak injury. I think I'm still trying to find on you know the clip of it on Twitter of when he actually injures the wrist. I know he tried to make a tackle, and I think that might have been it. But freak injury sucks. Sorry, Jerry. Yeah, things were looking so good for you. Best case scenario, at least you got the skins this week for highest point score. You got that going for you. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Next Jerry, injury. I think you should just bet big to win big for the future. You do it. You got to do let's it. Just say, your year. Let's just say my uh, my entire season's um, waiver wire budget might be blown after week one. <laughs> oh, I love that. Next injury was uh, taken. This player was taken by our friend of the pod, Sean Z, who is still on his uh, honeymoon. I guess he was in Portugal, not Espana. Uh, that, that's news to me. So um, He's in Portugal same the whole time. Oh, same difference, if you ask me. It's, I, it's I wasn't the very same good. They speak two different languages. Well, <laughs> allegedly. Eh, similar. Um, Allen Robinson, torn ACL, out for the season. I think this is a further emphasis on Leonard Fournette, who was on track for 432 touches right now, which I don't think is sustainable. In one game? He had, 20, he, had, he, had tw- he had 27 touches in the first game, over a 16-game season. That's 432 touches. They're going to lean on him. A lot this season because behind Allen Robinson, you had Marquise Lee, who's available in 85% of Yahoo leagues. Allen Hearns at 91%. And then maybe Mercedes Lewis. I, I don't know. The tight end who's been on the Jags oh, forever. Um, <laughs> Mark, are you buying or selling Marquise Lee or Allen Hearns as solid waiver wire pickups and guys you could plug in as like a wide receiver three or a flex? I, it's not bad to have on your roster. I'm selling the idea of, of us using any stat that references – guys available in certain leagues because some of these leagues are so slapdick i wouldn't even reference them (laughs) i would just reference our leagues that i know are consistently good and stick with that i mean if you got marquise lee it's not a bad pickup even though he was poo poo platter week one alan hurts is not a bad player but alan hurts is more of a big play type guy marquise lee is going to get you more catches but leonard Fournette is not sustainable at that rate for this for an nfl season this guy has been injury prone and college he doesn't catch a lot of passes and if i almost thought that they like showed too much week one i actually like what the panthers did with mccaffrey and and, and tapered him into a little bit like so too I, much of just forcing leonard fournette down the middle because yeah i mean luke you're portal yeah, you're, yeah. you're a defensive coordinator i mean yeah. what what are you gonna do stack in eight in the box all the time that's it right. oh hey yeah. blake noodle arm let me see it <laughs> you know yeah yeah, and Blake went like 11 for 21 for the 125 yards. He didn't make any mistakes. That's what they want him to do. But the problem is, is the Jags' offensive line, are they good enough? And like you said, is, is Fournette able to to hold up for 25 touches a game? Probably not. So, um, you know, it's good if you drafted Fournette in a rookie draft or if you drafted him in your redraft league in the top top three rounds, you're pretty happy with seeing that. But you got to know that come week seven, week eight, when he's all broken down, you're going to have to be scrambling for another option at running back. And, you know, I'd say pick up Chris Ivory right now if you're a Fournette owner, uh, just in case he does end up going down with an injury. Another running back near and dear to my heart, who unfortunately is going to be out for four to six weeks, if not longer. Danny Woodhead had three catches on the opening drive before re-aggravating a camp hamstring injury. Uh, just was cutting to the left to try to catch a ball, and that hamstring went. No, again, seeing three catches in the first first drive is the reason why I drafted him in, in the fourth round of our league. I, I was just expecting a 70-80 catch season. I knew the red flags of the injuries, and we saw it in the opening drive. Frustrating as all hell, but Buck Allen is available. If you remember him, he also goes by Javorius. He was a rookie two years ago, had, I think, 43 catches, was a solid PPR player. And... Um, I think he's a good pickup in, in fantasy leagues. I don't expect him to be your every week RB one, but Jerry, if you got a guy like David Johnson who goes down and you're desperate running back, is Buck Allen on your radar? Uh, there may or may not be some uh, some it's, my budget dollars already on that that pickup. Problem is, I'm 14 in our waiver wire list, so I don't know if he's going to be slinging back. That doesn't matter. No, the 14 then, doesn't matter. The 14 doesn't matter as long as you don't tie on on money that you spend on. Well, then Jerry, I better. Jerry. I might want to bump how up my, you, my uh, budget here. Jerry, I mean, how long have you been in this league and not know how our waiver system works? Uh, we when we start doing waivers, I think uh, like oh five, oh six, something like that. So it's, it's uh, probably well over ten years. Money, we've done the money budget probably for the last seven or eight. Yeah. 
Oh, Jerry. He, he I'd never say 2009. So, yeah, nine years. So, Mark, Buck Allen outsnapped Terrence West once Danny Woodhead was out for the rest of the game. Uh, you know, who do you pick moving forward? Would you rather have Terrence West or Buck Allen? I'd rather have Buck Allen. I mean, Terrence West is not going to give you much. The guy's unreliable. And Jerry will tell you all you need to know about him, too, and what he did at Cleveland. I wouldn't want him on my team. He's not dependable. Mm-hmm. So, another player that's always injured. Unfortunately, he's injured again. I don't think a lot of people spent a very high draft pick on him, but the always tantalizing Kevin White out for the season with a broken bone in his shoulder. It's like, come on. This is the third year in a row. Always tantalizing. Always, always, always. He's a tease. He's a tease. You go back and wa- go back and watch his tape from West Virginia, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, look at his combine numbers. He's a tease. He tantalizes. Is this Carlton me. Mitchell. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so so. The question is, you know, we have Kendall Wright, who was one of my sleepers going into the season. Mark, is he a legit receiver now for your team? Does Zach Miller maybe get a bump because? who the hell is going to catch the ball. And Tariq Cohen had a breakout game as his first ever game as a rookie. Is he an option? I know he's a running back, but he, he had 12 targets. Is he going to continue to see 12 targets? Zach Miller's not a bad player. I, I, I knew it coming into the season. He's a solid player. I've watched them a lot because I've had Zach Miller on my team. I've watched Kendall Wright a lot because I've had him on my team for the last two years in a dynasty league. I don't want anyone on this team. I think I make that very simple. I don't want any player on this roster. This <laughs> roster is getting to the point, fantasy-wise, of the New York Jets. We're the only person the Browns. they possibly have. Well, the the Browns still have a little bit, a little. Corey Coleman's got some upside. Isaiah Crowell's still legit. Yeah, Isaiah Crowell's got some upside. Corey Coleman does. Duke Johnson in some deeper PPR leagues, maybe as an RB2. I mean, like. Later in the season as an RB2, he's like more of like an RB4 now. But the Jets and Bears are similar to me. And the only guys you want right now are Jordan Howard, and then they have a sneaky underlying guy in Tariq Cohen. Uh, That's pretty much that. So, Jerry, Tariq Cohen is now uh, being hailed as Darren Sproles Jr. in his prime after one game. I mean, he had a great game. He had a touchdown. He had, I think, Five or seven catches. He had 130-something total yards. Had a really good rookie debut. Is he? I got him as my number one waiver wire option. Is he your number one waiver wire, waiver wire option now that, again, you're trying to replace David Johnson? I'm well, going to continue to remind you of that. Well, no, because he's not available on ours. Because uh, Farky had the oh, foresight shit. to pick him up uh, pretty late. No, I, Chad Jones. No, I thought it was Farky. Maybe not. But anyway, he's gone. He gone. Who has him in our league? I think it's Farky, but I could be wrong. I have been wrong before. Wow. No, not you. No. Oh, you're right. You're right. Bring it on, Irma. Our good friend Farky, who just lived through a Hurricane Irma, he does have Treat Cohen and I would on say, his bench. I would say, he, I would say he, uh, he, br- he did made it through the, the hurricane well. We talked to him. Yeah. He's doing fine. If anybody was worried about him. Down in Tampa? Not really. The guy's <laughs> no, okay, survivor. So, so hypothetically, Jerry, though, if, if Tariq Cohen's available, which he is in many leagues, uh, it, would he be your number one waiver wire option this it, week? It'd be either him or Buck Allen. Uh, it really would. And it, to be honest, I think Tariq Cohen is more upside. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Uh, my number one yeah, this week is, is Tariq Cohen. He's got that wiggle. He's fast. It, I'm not going to call him Tyreek Hill of 2017, but he has that game-breaking speed where he could potentially be a, a weapon for a team that is so- sorely lacking weapons. So he's my number one for sure. Buck Allen's my number two. And a guy who who hopefully he's available in your in your fantasy league i'm assuming in most deep leagues he's not if he if you're in a 14 team league and in, in most 12 team leagues Corey davis rookie wide receiver is probably not available but if he is go get him he had six catches for 69 yards on 10 targets i did not expect him to do anything in week one considering he missed most of the preseason and i have egg all over my face after that uh Mark, Corey Davis, stud receiver. Are we going to see a 1,000-yard season from this guy? I, I didn't get to see him play at all, so I don't even want to comment on I didn't get to see any of that game. So uh, I, I I don't know what he's like yet, so I don't even want to comment on it for people. Okay. 
I'll comment a little bit. He looked like a beast. He made uh, a couple heavily contested catches. He made Eric Decker an absolute afterthought in that offense. Rashard Matthews still got catches. Er, um, Delaney Walker still got catches. But Corey Davis looks like the beast that he's been hailed as being uh, once he got drafted, I think, sixth overall, seventh overall by the Titans. Uh, it's going to be pretty special watching Mariota and him chuck the ball to each other. So, um, Luke, can yeah. I ask you a question? Since you sure. watched some of that game, why are they still rolling out DeMarco Murray when Derrick Henry's better? You paid the man. You paid DeMarco Murray. I guess you want to get something back on your investment. Um, I mean, DeMarco still, I you think, is a better. You want to games? No, but I think DeMarco's still a better dual threat. He can still catch out of the backfield a little bit better than Henry can. I agree that I think they should get Henry more touches. Um I don't this know. Ain't even a question. It, it, come no on, he's not better than Derrick Henry at this. I point never said he. Career. I never said he was better than him. You asked me why you they said dual threat, out. a better dual threat. Derrick Henry I, can catch the ball. Well, I think I think Demarco Murray has shown he's a better. Well, maybe Derrick Henry hasn't has doesn't have the uh, sample size that. Yeah. And the, it definitely doesn't have the opportunity. I think in the end, you kind of have to take a look at where the money is, and they got Demarco Murray on the payroll for the rest of this year, and then I'm pretty sure all of his guaranteed money is done, and I think it'll be the Derrick Henry yeah. show after this. Yeah, you're uh, correct I think, on that. I think you just kind of run him into the ground. They're still a very young team, so why give Derrick Henry 300 carries when you can kind of beat up on the, the old horse there and let the young horse kind of learn the game a little bit more? Uh, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it's very frustrating, and that's why I stayed away from Derrick Henry in all well, my drafts. They'll keep losing They'll keep losing games. Then. Right, they will, but uh, that's that, Michael If they're in the court. business to, to, to play old guys that they have right. money wrapped into, yep. they'll lose games. Right, but that and that's kind of why I stayed away from Derrick Henry in most of my drafts because he's just as good as he is and as great as his potential is, he's not going to do anything until DeMarco Murray is out of the of the conversation. And I don't see that happening this year. Next year, if DeMarco's gone, Derrick Henry, I think, is is he's probably going to be like a second round pick, but he'll perform as a first round pick if all goes according to plan. I think I think he's going to be an absolute beast eventually. He just kind of has to wait his time. Uh, a rookie running back that is currently in a loaded backfield, Alvin Kamara, outsnapped both Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram on Monday night football. He's available in a ton of leagues. Uh I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm super high on him. I think that he's got a great skill set for New Orleans and what they want to do, and that's getting the ball in their running back's hands out of the backfield, You know, throwing the ball to them. Uh, Mark, you have some thoughts on Alvin Kamara, and I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you got to say about him because I know you're not the biggest fan. Alvin Kamara is a talented player, but he, you can't run like that in the NFL. I don't care who you are. Uh, you look at guys that are smaller and how they've gotten by in the league, it's because they've avoided contact the Darren Sproles of the worlds, even these other guys like the Chris Thompsons that are still hanging around at 26, you know, the Duke Johnsons, they've avoided major contact. Alvin Kamara, if you watch him run, finds contact. He's mm-hmm. violent. His body's not big enough to accept the, to the punishment that the NFL is going to give him. So he's fine now. Everyone loves him. He's fine and dandy. He runs hard. You keep doing that against an NFL linebacker and, and your shoulders will fall off. Yeah, literally. You yeah. can't do it. It's it's unsustainable. Right. He's got a little bit more will get away from the contact versus uh, welcoming contact. That makes that makes a lot of sense. He's, he's not fast. a bigger guy. Right. Yeah, he's, he's fast too. He's not a big guy, so hopefully, you know, Sean Payton will pull him aside. But I think it's very interesting that he outsnapped Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. I, I I totally get Adrian Peterson. I still hate that signing. I don't understand why the Saints made that signing. But I was very surprised to see Kamara outsnap Mark Ingram. There's something Mark Ingram did something to Sean Payton. He's got to have naked pictures of his wife or something like that because even though we signed him to a contract, Sean Payton just does not like giving Mark Ingram the ball 20, 25 times a game. And I don't get it because when he gets the ball, Ingram is is pretty solid, I thought. What do you think, Jerry, with Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson in, in New Orleans? I thought it was pretty interesting to see the uh, the, the darts that AP was throwing with his eyes and, and shouting at uh, – <laughs> At, at Coach Payton, I don't think there's a clear-cut answer of who's going to be the best guy. I don't know if AP's running style can still sustain um, for an entire season. His jump yeah. cuts are still pretty violent. But Alvin Kamara runs a little reckless like Mark was describing. Um, I think when it's all said and done, I think you're going to see that Ingram and Kamara have similar snap counts. But I think the numbers uh, for fantasy will show that, that Kamara is the number one guy. I think AP is the one left in the lurch. I don't think he finishes this season um, 
in pads. I think he's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. excuse you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, Mark. Come on, man. I think, he, I think he, <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy that's going to be on the sideline uh, holding a clipboard by the end of the year. Uh, that'll be Drew, Brees. Let- Drew Brees is talking to, to the head coach, to, to Sean Payton, and saying, put Adrian Peterson in. I, I guarantee it. I'm telling you right now because they, I remember reading reports that said Drew Brees was the reason why Adrian Peterson went to New Orleans. If that is truly it, and Drew Brees and Peyton are tied at the hip, you watch Adrian Peterson bust out next game and get some carries. And that might be true. We'll see. That might be true, but I just don't think that his his style of running and his body is going to be able to hold up the rest of the season. Well, the, the Saints are playing the Patriots, who just allowed Kareem Hunt to gash them. So I wouldn't be surprised. And Donta Hightower, spring MCL, might miss the game. Probably not. It was a long week for him, so I think he'll be okay. But, um, you know, they, they definitely have a plus matchup on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas the, the Vikings have a great offense, a defensive front. And I think that's part of the reason why Adrian Peterson really struggled against them. And we and we all know that the, the Saints don't have the best offensive line either. So I, I think that we will see uh, better um production from Adrian Peterson. I just don't think he fits in that offense. They want to pass the ball. I don't think they want to play smash mouth football. Uh another player though I want to talk about that, you know, he's not a sexy name by any means. He was part of the trade from the Seahawks to the Jets and he's kind of turned into the Jets number one wide receiver by default. But Jermaine Curse, available in almost every league you're in, you know, he, again, he's a clear-cut number one wide receiver in, in New York, and that's not anything great by any means. I'm not telling you to spend a waiver position. I'm not telling you to spend any sort of money on Jermaine Curse. But if you need a, a bi-week wide receiver, an injury replacement for a guy like Allen Robinson, Curse is going to get six to seven catches a game just by showing up. He's only going to get like 60 yards. But that's a solid wide receiver f- four, maybe, flex. Um, you know, Mark, we've seen Jermaine Curse in the past. I know, again, it's not a great name, but it, he's a solid depth guy for you this year, right? I haven't even thought about him, Luke. I really <laughs> haven't. I just don't trust their quarterback position in any way, shape, or form. Is is McCown going to get through a season? Who knows? That's that's a great question. All right, and we'll move on to a couple. Well, if Hackenberg's playing, no. We'll move on to a couple different wide receivers then because uh, I don't think that the Jermaine curse is really going to move the needle on Twitter when we tell our fans that we're talking about him. But Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay very well could. Uh, we have our one of our loyal followers and listeners at MMA Football eighty one. We have a great bet with him right now, or at least I do. Um, Twenty bucks says that Cooper Cup doesn't get fifty catches this year, and he had four catches for seventy six yards and a touchdown in week one. So uh, he's well on his way. Um, Jerry Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay. We've talked about them a little bit. Uh, you know, are, are they on your radar for waiver wire pickups this this week? I like uh, Galladay. I think I think he's got some explosion. He's got the, some size too. I, but um, he would probably be available in any twelve team league for sure. Fourteen team league, you probably he probably got picked up. I know in our league, I think he went in the fourteenth or fifteenth round. Cooper Cup is going to be a guy who's going to get you a similar number. So I, I'm kind of saying like an Amendola, um, maybe seventy catches when it's all said and done. But he should definitely. Be a guy that you could pick up, um, you know, in a twelve-team league. So, uh, Mark, you know, you're you're a Lions fan. We saw Galladay have two touchdowns. I think that I liked him coming out of the draft, not knowing much about him in college, but seeing the situation, you got drafted in the third round. Obviously, they have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, who isn't all that great, but they really didn't have much behind behind them on the wide receiver depth chart. So, I, I thought that as a a good opportunity for Galladay to get early season time, and and obviously he's getting that. Uh, you know, what's your take on what Kenny Galladay can do for the Lions' offense, and you know whether he's going to be a consistent wide receiver for your fantasy teams week in week out? They're going to ask him to make plays. You know, probably once every three games. He's not really a dependent fantasy guy because he's so touchdown dependent, and they didn't really get the ball to Eric Ebron or other guys within their offense. They didn't run the ball. You know, how many how many carries did Abdullah have, Luke? Uh, like a 10 for 15 12. yards. It wasn't pretty. Okay, so, I mean, I wouldn't be counting on Galladay. The only thing I would look at Galladay is, is in a dynasty league. It's where mm-hmm. you get to hold on to him and keep him for his career. Cup, on the other hand, Burris might be onto something. I know you didn't like that 70 catch 
but they were winning the game. He still found four catches, mm-hmm. and I consistently kept reading how much Goff loved loved to look at him. So it's it's a it's going to be a touchy one with him. Yeah, I think we have to keep in mind too that as as good as Jared Goff and the Rams' offense looked, including my boy Todd Gurley, who had two point one yards per carry, stud. Um, they were playing against the Colts, who are an absolute dumpster fire right now. Um, I, you know, I, it'll be interesting this week. They are playing. Uh, the Rams are playing. Why can I think of this right now? They uh, Washington. That's right. Washington comes to town. A little bit better team than the the uh, the Colts. Can the Rams continue that trend of being a solid team? Can Jared Goff continue to look like a real NFL quarterback? If he can, can he get the ball to, to Cooper Cup, to Sammy Watkins, to Gerald Everett? Um, all, all those guys that, that have some upside uh, if Sean McVay can turn this offense around. I think we're going to – I like Cooper Cup. I think that I was wrong about the 50 catches, but we'll know a lot more once we see them face a real defense and um, you know a solid – secondary in Washington with guys like Josh Norman. Uh, final guy I want to talk about that's on the waiver wire because I think it's pretty important. Uh, if you're able to grab him for cheap is Mike Tolbert. The gift that keeps on giving with the, the little 300-pound bowling ball. He came the number two running back in Buffalo after Jonathan Williams was cut out of nowhere. Uh, LaShawn McCoy missed some time, and um, Tolbert was able to get, I think, 12 carries and score a touchdown. So... LaShawn McCoy has always been known to miss some time here and there with nagging injuries. The Bills always seem to have two running backs in their system that somehow put up solid numbers. So if you can find Mike Tolbert and get him for really cheap, I, I say, and you have an extra bench spot on your team, I suggest you you go that route. But, gentlemen, let's talk about the Point Pounders. This is what everybody came to listen to on Twitter. Give us your hashtag Point Pounder. Retweet when we send out our Point Pounders with your Point Pounder. And we'll make sure to let everybody know when you're right or when you're wrong. We had a few people last week who said Eli Manning was a good point pounder. That didn't work out too well. Um, last week, I had Todd Gurley. Uh, Jerry, you had Antonio Brown. Mark, you had DeAndre Hopkins. And we all did pretty well in our point pounder category. I think Jerry probably won out of that one. Unfortunately, Sean Z went with Rob Gronkowski, and that didn't work out too well. It'll be interesting to see what he thinks about this guy sucks for week two. And we'll get to that soon. But my first point pounder is Tom Brady. I mean... Mark, you think Jerry, he'll be mad? Tom. You think he'll be a little I think, upset? I think he'll be a wee bit angry, and he's going against a team that just got shredded by Sam Bradford. I think I mean, Tom Brady's going to have a fantastic night on, or fantastic day on Sunday in New Orleans. With your, when you're a guy with as restricted a diet as he has, and he's got really nothing that he's allowed to do for fun, all he does is just want to win games off after a loss. So I would bet my entire paycheck on uh, the and, the Patriots. And have. Week. And have sex with Giselle. No, I, I, I think he doesn't even do that anymore. I think just to make sure his focus is 100 yeah. percent on their offense. Jerry, who's your who's your point pounder for this week? I have Amari Cooper going up against the Jets this week. Um, 13 targets last week from Derek Carr. I think that number is pretty consistent. We'll see the rest of the season. Um, just hopefully, love the matchup. Hopefully, doesn't, hopefully doesn't drop yeah, another know, ball on the, on I, the goal line. I think we'll take care of that, and uh, I'm, I'm going with Cooper. Mark, I'm going to save you for last because I love your point pounder, but Sean is going with Julio Jones. A bit of a bust in week one. Uh, Sean thinks he's going to be a top five. The top five fantasy pick will turn things around in Atlanta's home opener against the Packers. I agree. I think that he'll have a pretty good game. But enough with it, Mark. Who's your point pounder this week? Well, really quick before we get to mine, I just want to build up build up the energy of it. <laughs> Tom Brady, hey, the NFL really did the Saints a favor. Hey, you're going to play on Monday, Monday night in Minnesota, and then we're going to bring you back, and you're going to play Tom Brady on, on a long week. Long, That's right. great. Exactly. That's great. Uh, Tom Brady's going to dominate. Um Yeah, that's pretty much how that's going to go. Now, in terms of my point pounder, I'm always about the people. I love giving back to the people. And my point pounder can be found. My my point pounder can be found on the free agency list right now. That's how I give back to the people. I don't name a first two round pick. I give back to the people by naming a free agent right now. Pick up the Bucks D. Pick up the Bucks D, and you're guaranteed to get first. 15 to 25 points because they are going to light up the Bears offense. Light it up. I've been watching Hard Knocks. I've been watching (laughs) Quan Alexander. I've been watching these guys. It's about Gerald McCoy. It's about to go down. Think, think 
the one dragon that falls over and turns to the dark side. Yes, think when he shoots down the wall. Think that is oh the Buckskin shooting Spoiler down. Spoiler alert. Spoiler oh, alert. Jeez. Very unorthodox, Mark Zustin. Always has been, always will be. Have uh, fun Buck finding Steve. a picture for Buck Steve. Just put Gerald McCoy up for me. Okay, I'll do that for you. Uh, let's go right into Mark. Let's go right into your uh, This Guy Sucks. Who do you got? This Guy Sucks. Who did I tell you, Luke? I'm already forgetting, buddy. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. I was just thinking of guys that they suck. <laughs> I'm thinking, I was picking between like a LaShawn McCoy or Devontae Parker or those guys. Because I think LaShawn McCoy is in for a tough matchup. But Devontae Parker, people love to think this guy's done something and they want to give him this and this and that. Listen, I think he goes to Jarvis Landry instead. And Jarvis Landry might get seven, eight catches. Devontae Parker's, I'm feeling three catches for 33 yards. Ooh. That's a poo poo platter in my book. <laughs> uh, Jerry's really going on with this one. Sticky uh, with this guy. Sticky sucks, with. Jerry? With poo-poo platters, I'm sticking with the Bears' offense, like Mark talked about, and I'm going to stay with Deontay Thompson and Kendall Wright. Who's their who's the number one receiver for them now? <laughs> I don't Who know, is but, it? But, but but you're really going on a limb here, saying well, Deontay Thompson's going to suck in week two. I, I think, hope he has a four, 15 catch, 150 yard game. Say Jordan Howard then, Burris. There's a good one. Say Jordan Howard. No, I think you can still hand the ball off even when you have a bad offense. So I'm going to say they have no receiving game. Mike Glennon's not doing anything. Let's just move on. Oh, does, Mike Mike. Glennon, does Mike Glennon leave this, the stadium on two legs? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good bet. <laughs> Sean's going with Rob Gronkowski. He was burned for being his week one point pounder. Sean Steele. <laughs> and he's flipping the script on us and saying oh that Gronk sucks. He's like a week. jilted I hope lover. Gronk lights it up. I mean, I hope Gronk lights it up. There's definitely the Saints. I think there's definitely some cause for concern considering he did look slow last week, but he also had Eric Berry draped on him from the moment that the ball was hiked. I, I, I was baffled when I saw this because I think he, he has to forget that he's uh, that that Gronk is going up against the Saints because I think Gronk is going to feast on that defense. That defense is still historically bad. Uh, okay, whatever, Sean. Uh, I got their AJ... backup linebacker is? Manti Teo. There's their middle, backup middle linebacker. Do you know who their backup, backup outside linebacker is, Jerry? I do not. Somebody from the MAC? Someone that played for the Browns two years ago. Ooh. You're stumping me. You ready? Craig Robertson. Gronk is going to light them up. Sean's on. Dr- Sean's smoking some Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He is yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> Not sure. Craig that Robertson, is. Burris. Well, I, I hope. Robertson. I hope. I hope uh, you're right, Mark, because I plan on deploying Rob Gronkowski in just about every DraftKings squad I put together. I have him in a couple. Fantasy leagues this week that I plan on. I have no issues with him with starting him this week. I, like I said, I was concerned last week after he looked like crap, but uh, against the Saints, oh, I can't wait. My this guy sucks. I'm going with AJ Green. I'm going to pile on the Cincinnati offense. Yeah, last week Andy Dalton looked absolutely terrible, but I think it starts and ends with the offensive line, and I just don't think that AJ Green's really going to be able to get anything done uh, because Andy Dalton's going to be running for his life for the you know, 60 minutes of that football game. Um, so those are our This Guy Sucks and our Point Pounders for Week 2. We'll be sure to tweet those out. Send them out on our uh, Facebook page as well, Never Ending Glory Podcast. And we urge you to get involved in the conversation. Let us know who you think is going to be fantastic this week. Let us know who's going to suck. But we got a couple starter sits that we want to go through before we end this episode. Uh, Mark, Russell Wilson versus San Francisco or Marcus Mariota at Jacksonville? Can the Jags D repeat against a good offensive line and quarterback this week? I'll take Russell Wilson. Jerry, Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota. It's really hard for me to go against Marcus Mariota. Um, <laughs> but I think the San Francisco defense is god-awful. I'm going to go Russell Wilson. True. I like Russ Wilson as well. They're really struggling against Green Bay, so all three of us are on Russ. Uh, steady production versus a very juicy matchup here. We have Michael Crabtree versus the Jets or Mike Wallace versus Cleveland. Jerry, who you got? Um, I don't like... I don't think Mike Wallace is going to be a take the top off the um, 
the Browns defense guy this week. I think they're going to give up the shallow stuff and keep him under wraps. So I'm going to take Crabtree against the New York Jets. Um, I think Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree could have a real day. Wallace only had one catch and one target against the Bengals last week in what was obviously a really weird game. Um, we saw the Browns shut down Mike or the Browns shut down Martavis Bryant. Can they do it with Mike Wallace? Probably. So I'm going to go with Michael Crabtree versus the Jets. Mark, who do you got? I'll take Mike Wallace. He always seems to give us a little fits here and there. So I like his ability. And they just got so far ahead against Cincinnati that what was the point of taking the the, the top off the defense? All right, the battle between two waiver wire wide receivers, Kendall Wright at Tampa Bay or Marquise Lee versus Tennessee. Mark, I don't know who I want here, so I'm going to let you go first. Who's Kendall Wright got in Tampa? Tampa Bay. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'll take Marquise Lee because Kendall Wright's terrible. I'm going Marquis Lee as well, but I think it's because they've kind of solidified the fact that he's the number one receiver now with no uh, with no Allen Robinson. So, uh, from fantasy standpoint wise, from Marquis Lee, I'm going to go Kendall Wright. I, I agree that uh, the Tampa Bay defense is a great start this week. I'm not as high as as them as Mark is, uh, and Kendall Wright I think is obviously now the clear cut number one in. Um, in Chicago. So give me Kendall Wright versus uh, Mark Easley. Uh, high ceiling versus low floor. Low floor. We got Tariq Cohen at Tampa Bay or Marshawn Lynch at the Jets. Jerry, what do you got here? This is pretty close. Um, I'm going to say Marshawn Lynch just because you. I think he's going to get more touches this week um, and more plays. I, Tariq Cohen, you know, you're not going to be guaranteed uh, how many plays he's actually going to be on the field for. So I'm going to say Marshawn Lynch just from the opportunity alone. That's a good point. Mark, who do you got? I would bet I would bet 2307 Stony Run Condo that <laughs> Marshawn Lynch gets a touchdown this week. There the you one go. that you, you don't own, that, that'll end well. <laughs> that'll end well. <laughs> I got you weren't supposed to say that because I got nothing to ride on it then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch looked pretty damn good last week. Uh, you know, he ran over a 300 pound defensive lineman. It looked like that year off really helped him out. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't get into the end zone when they were on the five yard line. They ran him a few times, but he looks like the real deal. If you use a third round, fourth round pick on him, uh, I don't think he's going to disappoint. You know, knock on wood, obviously. So I'm going to go with Marshawn Lynch as well. Jerry, I just trust the uh, the usage more, like like you mentioned. Right. Uh, last matchup I want to talk about tonight, gentlemen: a PPR tight end with going against no Eric Berry versus a tight a touchdown upside tight end. We got Zach Ertz at Kansas City for Tyler Eifert versus Houston. Who are you going with, Mark? Did Did Zach Ertz do anything week one? Yeah. Zach Ertz did a lot on one. He had a big week. I can tell you exactly. Tyler Eifert I know he had about. Not. Tyler Eifert did absolutely nothing, but Zach Zach Ertz, Ertz do? He had eight for ninety-three on eight Jeez. targets. Why? Well, I, I ain't. Gee, you kidding me, Zach freaking Ertz? Oh my gosh! Well, I'll take Zach Ertz, even though I think he's a bum. Jerry, who do you got? Zach Ertz. He's not a bum. They chuck it in uh, Philly. <laughs> I'm taking Zach Ertz. I've Man. been, I've been saying for for about two years now that Tyler Eifert is nothing more than a touchdown-dependent tight end. He And if you look at his numbers... He's never had over 55 catches. He His best season was 2015, 52 catches, 615 yards, 13 touchdowns. Yet everybody's trying to sell him like he's one of the greatest tight ends in the league. I think he's talented. I think he has the opportunity to be good, but it will not be consistent. And Zach Ertz, you know... He's had a few Doug games in his career, but he's shown that he can be a consistent PPR tight end. I like him this week. I like him to be a top five tight end, especially with no Eric Berry in Kansas City, which, you know, he had that torn Achilles, which was uh, a really interesting play. He kind of came down awkwardly when he was covering Gronk at the end of the game there. Uh, so I think Berry will be able to, uh, or, I'm sorry, Ertz will be able to run free against the, the, the Chiefs on Sunday. So that's what we got for the starter sits. We talked about our week one point pounders. We talked about our week one. This guy sucks. Got you guys ready for the waiver wire. Got you guys ready for our week two. Um, Like I said, we urge you to get the conversation going on Twitter. We have a ton of new followers. We're pretty close to 500 followers. So tell all your friends that you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. We'd appreciate it. Uh, And, of course, send us your starter sit questions. We'll read them live on the air. Uh, Any trade advice, we're happy to do that as well. 
Uh, gentlemen, anything to look out for this week as we roll into week two of the NFL season? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, excited to see who can improve after week one. The biggest growth for a team is between uh, week one and week two, so we'll see who got better. Yeah, and what, what do you got, Mark? What do you got for us? I just want to give a little shout-out to uh, a loyal a loyal listener, Bill Cristino, and hopefully <laughs> Bill won his week one matchups. He gave us a nice little little. Uh, he gave us some nice props a couple of months ago when we ran into it. So go Bill. love it. Love you, love you, Bilbo. Um, yeah, week one was kind of weird, but, you know, write that ship. Week two will be just fine. Don't bench those studs. You'll be all right. So uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to get you guys ready for week three of the NFL and fantasy football season. All right, man. Boom. <laughs>